Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. 2,000 years ago, the greatest injustice in the history of the world was done. This injustice happened to our Lord Jesus Christ. He, though innocent of the crimes he was accused of, or of any other possible crime, he was crucified. The process of crucifixion was graphic, bloody, painful, dehumanizing, unmerciful, and humiliating. Our Lord willingly submitted himself to that punishment. He knew it was to take place. And that is why he prayed with such intensity in the Garden of Gethsemane. Crucifixions, listeners, were not uncommon. Jesus knew what was to come. Every single breath a crucified man took exhausted him. He would have to lift up with his legs so that his chest could fill with air to breathe as liquid began to pool in his lungs. Each thing Christ said on the cross was not only important in terms of our salvation, but was well thought out in terms of using all of one's energy to speak in such a manner. This is what we have been seeing the last few weeks, the words of the cross. Today, we come to those words which are the words of distress. Simply, our Savior said, I thirst. The fifth word on the cross that Jesus spoke was, I thirst. Sometimes if you go to sleep and you have a stuffed nose, you'll wake up in the morning having slept all night with your mouth open, and you'll be thirsty and likely have a sore throat. And this is nothing compared to the thirst our Savior must have experienced. If you have ever donated blood, you realize that afterwards you are thirsty. In fact, they usually will make you drink something before you leave the blood donation facility. Why are you thirsty after giving blood? It is because you are losing volume in your body, and your body needs ions and liquid to make up for this loss. Jesus was bleeding primarily from the scourging he took before crucifixion. Part of the reason why was to speed the death of the criminal by greatly weakening him. Jesus was bleeding from the crown of thorns woven together and pressed on his head, and then hit with a stick. He was bleeding from the metal nails hammered in between his wrist and his ankle bones. Those were not just scratches, but as Isaiah says, he was pierced through. Jesus was thirsty, for the last time we see him drink was the last supper the night before. So Jesus said, in fulfillment of the scriptures, I thirst. There was a vessel of sour wine sitting nearby, and they put some of it on a sponge and fastened the sponge to hyssop shafts and put it to his mouth. Calvin says that Jesus asks for this in part to show that he wanted to do nothing with luxury. He was not trying to numb the pain he was experiencing. His pain was our pain that he was experiencing as our substitutionary atonement. Think a little bit deeper about what is taking place as Jesus has to ask his crucifiers for a drink so that he could speak. 
This is not the first time that Jesus asked for a drink. In John 4, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well and asks her for a drink. In that episode, Jesus speaks something of his death and resurrection. He asks the woman for a drink and goes on to explain that he is the living water, that if she drinks that water, she will never thirst again. Jesus himself was the living water, and yet he said for us, I thirst. Jesus also teaches in John 7 that after he is glorified, the Holy Spirit would come upon the people. In light of that, he says in John 7, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus, in his glory, would be the source of the rivers of living water. In his humiliation, Jesus said, I thirst. The fifth word of the cross cries out the passion of Jesus Christ. He suffered as our propitiation and our expiation. The fifth word on the cross, I thirst, was foretold in Psalm 22. Here the psalmist David says, My tongue clings to my jaws, and you have brought me to the dust of death. The dust of death, listeners, is an interesting phrase. It's almost as if it seems that the psalmist is saying that he can taste death. Oftentimes people know that they are about to die. Certainly Jesus knew this, as he commends his spirit to the Lord at the end of verse 30. Jesus could taste death, and so he says, I thirst. Why would Jesus undergo such punishment? As he hung there, he was mocked and scorned. Jesus could have called down twelve legions of angels to destroy his enemies and to release him from such anguish, but he did not. He did not because that was not his purpose. He came to earth to live a perfect life and then die a substitutionary death in the place of sinners. This is where we then are confronted by the now living Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, though sinless, became sin to make sinners sinless. The Son came to make enemies become the sons and daughters of God. All that our Savior did was in accord with the good and perfect will of his heavenly Father, and by grace and through faith he did these things for his people. Yes, he did them for us. Maybe today you find yourself wondering who this Jesus was. We know from the Scriptures that Jesus is true God and true man. Here in John 19 we see a clear glimpse of his humanity. He suffered on the cross. When he cried out, I thirst, he was not simply speaking his mind. He was fulfilling the very prophecy of the Bible. No, listeners, as you listen to this, no matter what is going on in your life, that Jesus offers salvation to all who believe. In Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus and find in him a perfect and complete Savior from sin. 
Look to Jesus, the very one who stood in the place of sinners. Let it also be your prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Thank you for listening. Until next week, the Lord willing.